Hello, I'm Dahlia. And I'm Alma. And this is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. So this week we watched Wreck and I'm going to apologize ahead of time. I am exhausted right now. I'm so tired. I want to record so bad. I'm excited to talk about this movie and this is really the only time we both can record, but I'm so tired. (laughs) You'll wake up. You need some coffee. Don't you have somebody who can deliver you some coffee? Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I'm not even... I'm being for real. Like, I care about you. You need some caffeine. That's all you need. Just put yourself in Yeah, she's shit. bragging because she has a personal assistant. She can just text yes. and get. Yes, I do. <laughs> and every time I come over, like when I go down to visit Alma and I stay at a, a nearby hotel and I come over for coffee club. Coffee and club. Cof- yeah, coffee's all made. And if we have to make another pot, he makes it. And it's so mm-hmm. funny. And we drink it up. okay so like i said we watched wreck and okay another reason so it's been a week right it's been a week oh and i was looking forward to watching the movie last night because i'm like i need this movie so bad and then i fucking rent the wrong version i rent the english version so it's still the spanish movie but it's dubbed in english And then it has English captions. So everything was in English. And it was so gross because I couldn't, like, it was different than the Spanish version. Because Spanish and English, when you're you're interpreting between languages, it loses something. And it was just so weird to hear it in English and read it in English. It just didn't, yeah, my brain was confused. I think it, it upsets the flow of the movie when the person who's reading their script doesn't seem to be in the same place or mindset Mm. of these actors. I'd like to point out that the actors in this movie, a lot of times they didn't have the script of what was coming up next. A lot of things were a surprise to them. They didn't know what they were going to be doing from one day to the next to keep that suspense, to keep that buildup of the action in the movie. And when you have that translation in English and that person doesn't have that same feeling it is lost so you just have to read more in their facial expression and try to ignore ignore it I watched it twice this week because I had interruptions a lot so I had to re-watch it again I didn't have a problem with that because it's a really great movie it is it really is but I just want to I I think I probably missed a lot and I apologize but that's the reason it just threw me off there but Alma who's in the movie all right this movie is directed by Jaume Balaguero and Paco Plaza written by Jaume Balaguero Luiso Verdejo and Paco Plaza I thought you were gonna say Paco again because I know how much you love Paco and I was waiting for you to say Paco we have a tío Paco (laughs) All right, we have Manuela Velasco as Angela, Ferran Terraza as Manu, Jorge Yamam Serrano as Policia Joven, Pablo Rosso as Pablo, and I'm pretty sure I said that wrong, David Vert as Alex, Vicente Gil as the other police officer. They're, they're both important, I think. 
because I think if you're getting killed, spoilers, you're important. <laughs> uh, Senora Izquierdo, the uh, the lady, the she's just I don't even know if they said her name during the movie. We just know who I she is, like the elderly so. woman. But yeah, that's played by Marta Carbonell and Guillem. The intern is played by Carlos Vicente. Okay. Cool. Lots of people. If I understand correctly, these are like, they were relatively unknown actors, right? Yes. They tried to keep them, I think, fresh because Mm -hmm. they were trying to do something here with this filming. The excitement is a lot better if they really don't know what's going on. There's a certain time they don't know what is happening and it's just when it happens, that's when they find out they're actually in that moment. The presenter on the news, Angela, she is mm-hmm. actually like a real life Spanish presenter on news or something oh, like that. Really? Yeah. Oh, so she wow. wasn't like not a lot of acting experience. So that's what okay. worked. It works okay. really well for the movie. Right off the bat, like I said, it threw me off because it was in English. And it was funny because I was bragging to Alma that I had Amazon credits. So I got to rent this movie for free. And I was all like, um, just throwing it in her face. And then as soon as I, I start playing, that's what happened. She cursed me and I had to watch this movie in English. So. I believe in the power of the jinx. Um, <laughs> it's one of the only supernatural powers that I think is real. I have it. I jinxed the shit out of her for rubbing it in my face. <laughs> she had, I had movie credits. I'm like, mm, okay, whatever. I'm jinxing that shit. So go bad for you. And then she had to watch this movie in English. So Chica Reporter is a host of a local TV program called While You're Sleeping. I don't know the Spanish name of the show because you know how it goes back and forth between the two languages. And it's funny because have you ever noticed when when you're reading the captions or the subtitles on something, even when it's the show is originally in English, the words coming out of the person's mouth and the words on the captions are different like it's completely different and that's not what they said anyways while you're sleeping and she's joining the firefighters during dinner time because she is going to be filming at night with her with her cameraman cameraman's name pablo pablo mm-hmm Okay, so Pablo is her cameraman, her sidekick, and they start off just being silly around the fire station. She talks about going down the pole, and I just remember thinking, "Fuck that shit." You have you ever been? Have you ever been in a fire station and looked down one of those lighting thingies, Alma? Yes, we got to do a bring your kids to the fire. Mm-hmm. station day thing and also i've done a few tours with their girls mm-hmm. so we get to look at that pole it's pretty cool i thought oh man no fuck that i'm just like uh, i'll take the stairs but anyways and then they're, they're all sitting around the table eating dinner and it's very jovial atmosphere and this may be a stereotype about firefighters but i'm just gonna say it i like i think they're all good cooks like you remember hector We had a friend named Hector, and he was a retired firefighter. And oh my fucking God, the meals he used to make us, I I try to replicate them now, and I cannot. But he always made the best food, and it's because he was one of the, I don't know if they take turns or whatever, but he used to cook a whole bunch of food for, for his mates there at the fire station. Yeah, I always remember the barbecue chicken and potatoes. That's my favorite recipe that he made on the sheet pan, remember, in the oven? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so then they play football again. We're just trying to get comfortable. It's a good night. And she's, ooh, this is something you don't say. Okay, one thing I've learned about, because I am in nursing school, and whenever I have to take a shift at the hospital on clinicals, it's so funny, because one thing I've learned is you do not say, ooh, it's really quiet, or ooh, it's really slow, because as soon as you say that, the shit starts happening. But it was the opposite here. She willed it. She said, oh, I hope we get a, a call. And then not too long later, they get a call. It's the power of the jinx again. I'm telling you. <laughs> the power of the jinx. Okay. They go on to this call and then they start talking about how sometimes it's not a fire that they're being called out to. It's some kind of rescue type scenario. So they're heading off to this apartment building and they are called into the apartment building. Do they stay in the fire truck or do they not find out till they get there? I can't really remember. They state that they have a call of a lady in distress trapped in her apartment. Oh, uh, okay. That's right. That's right. So I, I guess they're maybe they're thinking they're going to have to pound the door down or do something like that. That's why I think that they were discussing that they don't always get called out. It's probably a rescue, but they specified it was an elderly lady. So I bet they think they probably just have to transport her to the hospital or something. I don't know the difference between a paramedic and EMT, but sometimes the fire units have one attached to their unit. And that's another reason you'll see a fire truck come when you think somebody needs medical help. That's the reason. All right. So they show up and then all the residents of the apartment are congregated there in the lobby. And it's so funny because I wrote down, they're all congregated in the foyer. And I'm like, the foyer? Is it a, I don't even know what a foyer is. It's <laughs> a good word. That's what it is. It's a foyer. <laughs> Go with it. But anyway, so they're in the lobby. They're all Everybody's there and they're all concerned about the screaming going on upstairs. And it's like an old typical apartment in Europe. It's an old building and it has like that central meeting area and then the stairs going up to all the different apartments, like maybe three or four levels. So there's already two cops on scene and I guess they're the ones that called for help, but they're trying to get in. They hear the screaming and they notice the camera. They see, I'm going to start calling her Mindy because she looks like Mindy from Mork and Mindy. So they see Mindy and Pablo recording and they're like, oh, what's with the camera? And they're like, okay, they're a news thing recording us. And they said, okay, we'll just stay out of the way. Okay, so they make their way upstairs and they're able to get into the apartment. And then that's when you see the older lady screaming. And at first she's in the distance and she's just standing there. It looks like she's in her vata, right? And down the longest freaking hallway I've ever seen anywhere. That's, that's right. I remember you commenting on that. That was funny. But yeah, so she's far off and she's covered in blood. Well, you don't notice she's covered in blood until she's, you see the light shine on her and then you're like oh she's all covered in blood I guess she's hurt herself somehow and then she starts screaming and running at them and I remember this is when Alma started on a rant about the rating system and I just found it so funny she goes on and on about this movie having a what rating Alma what happened <laughs> I can't remember, but they included sexual content because this elderly woman doesn't have a bra on. I'm not going to say verbatim, but quote that it says that her breasts jiggle. <laughs> and 
That's natural. Holy fuck. Whose breasts don't jiggle? Is that really sexual content? I understand they have to give it a rating. I'm not going to go on my tangent right now, okay? But I just mean <laughs> our breasts move. It's natural. It's normal. Yeah, I just thought that was so funny because she's just she just starts going on and on. But it's true. I agree with Alma, but it was just funny how she just really laid into that rating system. Okay, so they end up following her into the room next door. It's the living room. And then there's somebody on the floor. And I just assumed it was the husband, but I'm not quite sure if they ever say it's the husband. He's laying there. He's dead. I don't even know if they acknowledge him being dead there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the older lady, she jumps on one of the cops and she starts biting at him. And then Mindy, the reporter, she's all like, film everything, of course, because you know, she wants to get all the blood and gore onto the news. And and he's all bleeding and everything. And they're going to try to help him now. And I just remember thinking it was so funny because he was bit on the neck. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to die. He's going to fucking die. And Alma's like, over here, Dr. Alma. Oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. So they they grab him and they decide to move him because that's what you do with an injured person. You move them from where they are and then you take them downstairs through all that trauma. Yeah, he's not going to bleed out during that. So they actually start taking him. They're going to try to get him out of the building. They're not trying to stabilize him at all. They're carrying him like a fucking scarecrow and they get to the front door and then that's when they first realize that they're trapped in there. They have people outside already sealing up the apartment saying, y'all got to stay in. So they start making the rounds to all the other exits to see if they can get out because they need to get this cop like some real medical attention and they can't get out. So not only do they have the older lady upstairs that apparently is killing everybody by eating their faces or something, I don't know. And... Also, now they're trapped inside of the building and they're being held in there by officials. That's all we know. It's like officials. And one of the residents' husbands is actually outside of the building and she's talking to him on the phone and he's giving the scoop of what's going on outside. And there's firefighters, there's police, there's other officially looking officials out there as well. He's relaying the information that he's not being let back in and that they've sealed the whole apartment building. And while they're talking and getting all freaked out, which rightfully so, they should get freaked out. Imagine trying to walk out of your own house and you have people, you don't know who the fuck they are and they've trapped you inside your house and they're telling you that they're doing it for your own good. So everybody's freaking out. There's quite a few residents and all of a sudden, a body just lands beside them from like the third or fourth floor. And this is fucking crazy because I was like, Oh my God, it's the fireman. And I didn't even know that the fireman had stayed behind, but I guess he had stayed behind so that he could secure the scene or something. But he's laying on the ground now and he's fucking dead. He's bleeding out all nasty on the floor. And this is one of the scenes I brought up that nobody knew that was going to happen. All of the actors, their reaction to turning towards the fall and that fireman splatting on the ground that was a total surprise to them yeah and it was that sound that thud it sounded so real it was so sick it sounded like a real body just flopping on that ground from a distance and it was so creepy and i can imagine that if you weren't expecting that oh yeah I would have been scared. All right. So obviously now the scene gets crazier. Everybody's freaking out. There's a half dead fireman on the ground. There's a cop that's had his neck chewed off. And this is when Pablo and Mindy decide to take advantage of all the commotion downstairs and they sneak back upstairs and they want to get the footage. They want to see what 
happened up there. And it's funny because as they're coming into the apartment, Pablo keeps telling Mindy like, shh, shh, be quiet. And it's true. It's let's hush. We want to sneak in. We want to see what's going on. And she just keeps talking and she just keeps talking. And it's shut the fuck up, Mindy. And then all of a sudden, this woman comes out of nowhere. Not the older woman. She's a younger woman. Random, just random chick comes out at them. And then boom, she falls dead. I think she got chewed up too, didn't she? Yeah, she was bleeding from her arm. And that's what freaked me out the most because they're just like, Boom, she's dead. What the hell is going on? And they just, okay, she's dead. Yeah, so they're like, okay. And then they see older lady over there. And apparently she was the one that did this to her, but like she only bit her arm. But again, just let's just keep moving forward. This older lady runs at them and boom, boom, it's three shots. And it wasn't Pablo or Mindy that shot at them. It was the cop, the other cop, the one that didn't get his face bitten off. And he's shot at her and she falls. And it's just, then he starts like apologizing because I I get it. To him, it wasn't a monster. To him, it wasn't a zombie. To him, it wasn't a possessed person. It's an older lady that maybe she was, it was just that she was like mentally unstable and he shot and killed her and he's feeling bad about it. So he keeps apologizing like I had to do it. And they're like trying to tell him, yeah, you had to. He seems really bummed by that. All right. So at this point, then Mindy is like running all over the apartment building and we're starting to see different parts of the apartment. That's a huge apartment building, by the way. It's so funny how like when you look at buildings or houses from the outside, in movies and TV shows, and then you go in, the inside is always so much bigger and that doesn't make sense. It's like the fucking TARDIS. But anyways, so they're running all around trying to find exits and they come up to windows and they come up to doors and every time they think they're going to be able to get out, there's somebody there blocking them in. And now they're being told that health officials are on their way. All exits are fortified. Health officials are on the way and they're like, health officials? Why would health officials be coming here? Someone outside says that such and such protocol has been initiated and everybody starts freaking out like, what the fuck is such and such protocol? The cop who still has his face is saying, oh, that protocol means that there's something chemical biological going on in here. Then that really freaks people out. We all know how that feels right now. But anyway, (laughs) Cindy takes this opportunity to start going around and interview all the residents. And we're starting to see not just the people who were in the lobby, but other people that live in the building. And the first guy that she talks to, I don't even actually, I don't know if it was the first guy or not. But anyways, this dude just randomly has an accent. And it was just so funny because... Think it was a British accent? I'm really bad with accents. What kind of accent was it, Alma? It was a snooty accent. Snooty. (laughs) Yeah, so he's really stuck up. But anyways, Mindy interviews a mother and daughter. And it's interesting because this little girl, the daughter, is sick. She's been sick with a fever. And the mom really wanted to try to leave the apartment building because she wanted to get medicine for her daughter. So during the interview with the little girl, it's funny because the mom keeps interrupting and it reminds me of me. I've done the same thing. But for me, it's because the fucking kids never tell the whole thing. We go to the doctors and the doctor's asking like, so what's the problem? And the kids are sitting there, I don't know, or nothing. And I'm like, you were just telling me 20 minutes ago that your fucking stomach hurts and you've had diarrhea all night. Anyways, (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So I get the mom, 
But Mindy tells her, okay, just chill. You don't have a microphone on you. I can't hear you anyways. So let's just record. Little girl starts giving information during the interview that starts giving us clues about what's going on. So her dog got sick or something and they had to take him to the vet. And then as also while we're looking at her, it looks like she has a cut on her lip. So like, is she really dehydrated or does she get scratched there or what's going on? All right. So after Mindy interviews everybody, again, they start, I would be doing the same thing. They keep going around and trying to find a way out. Sometimes they go back to the same places and I'm kind of like that. I get it. I would try to get out. Maybe they're not over here. Maybe they're on a lunch break. They go over there again and no. And the cop is really pissed off at them for trying to get out because he's, we can't be doing this. And he's just going on and on. And all of a sudden he pulls out the gun on everybody. And it's what the fuck, dude, everybody's unarmed. Why the fuck are you pulling the gun out at them? He's freaking out. He's trying to get everybody under control. And it's actually Manu Ginobili, the fireman that tells them, gets him to calm down. So he starts calming down and Manu Ginobili's like, come on, dude, come over here. Let's talk for a little bit. So he's able to like calm him down. And the cops like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Now is when we have the introduction of one of the residents. It is somebody who has some kind of medical background. We couldn't tell because, again, I couldn't hear the Spanish at all. And, you know, they were actually saying one thing, but written was something completely different. But let's just say he's a doctor. okay? so he's a doctor and he says, hey, I'll treat everybody who's hurt. So right now we have one of the police officers. I'm surprised he's not dead. He's gotten his neck bitten and then we have one of the firemen who got his face chewed off and anybody else Alma? No I think it's just the two of them now but they're including the uh, elderly woman and the strange lady who jumped out of nowhere. Oh yeah that's right. They counter uh, and they just say they're dead. Okay all right so then they bring it they bring him into a separate room and he starts treating them and I'm like he can't be a real fucking doctor because he's putting shit on like to put putting pressure to stop the bleeding like on the face, for example. And then he peels it off and looks at him like, motherfucker, you're not supposed to peel it off. You're supposed to keep putting shit on top of it and pushing it down. Even I know that. All right. So the cop gets news that a health official or a health officer or whatever is going to come in and everybody's they're excited, but they're also pissed because they're like, okay, it's an official person coming in to help us, but also like, why is a health officer coming in here? And not only why is he coming in here, but why is he coming in here all decked out like in a fucking hazmat suit and all that shit? So anyway, he starts coming in and Manu Ginobili starts directing everybody to come over here. You come over there. Hey, health official, you come this way. And he's actually really good at that. He's a very nice, calming presence, in my opinion, much more so than the officer. Okay, I think I've had a little too much caffeine. I got my coffee delivered a little while ago. (laughs) She did during while we're fucking recording (laughs) here. I got it. So I'm all like pumped. Okay. Except that we're just recording and uh, I have all this energy (laughs) and (laughs) while you're just sitting there (laughs) chilling here. Okay. Nani had mentioned about the building being okay. Cause they've gone from one room to another Mm -hmm. and they're trying, they're desperate. There's no cell phone. There's no phone. There's no internet. They're just completely cut off and it, and the no religion too. Yeah, no religion. (laughs) The health (laughs) inspector is going to come in and um, the officer is the only one he's been in communication with. He said that he's supposed to be coming in and taking blood samples or whatever. But one of the important things I was going to mention, Dalia, that you noticed how big it looks in this building is it's it's not a movie set. It's a real building. Oh, it is? 
Yes, that's what what made it, I think, add to the whole feeling of being trapped because it's so big and they have nowhere to go. And yeah, so they had no movie sets for this. This is an actual building and actual rooms that they use to move from one um, shoot to the next scene or from one scene to the next scene. So the health inspector is in and he had asked, I think it was the officer that he was in communication with to take like a roll call of everybody who was in the building. And the only real important part about it is that there's an empty apartment on the top floor that was vacated. An elderly man was living they're a father i think they said he was a father so a priest in like priest yeah i was like it's because that's where the translation comes across wrong because it's like a father <laughs> anyway <laughs> like, so i think i guess it's a priest okay so he's in and they move off to the room where they've put the injured and they handcuff him now, the reason we're only seeing this is because the Pablo and they have followed. Yeah, Mindy, <laughs> they find a little hole to look through and shaking the camera. So that way we make sure that we're all nauseated while we're trying uh-huh. to watch what's going on in this room. They're peeking through the room and they see that they've handcuffed the two injured persons. And Guillaume, the intern, is in there helping the health inspector. And he appears to be giving one of the guys an injection. And it's, what the hell is he giving that guy? What the hell are they doing in here? And of course, everything, all the shit hits the fan. The guy on the table, I think it was the cop or the other one, the cop and the fireman, they're both in there. They start attacking them. They're screaming. They take off, the camera guy and Angela, they take off and they're trying to get away. And the health inspector makes it out of the room, but slams the door shut. And he will not let the other guy who's trapped in there out, Guillaume, the intern, the one who was helping him because he got bit. Fuck and they're like, why are you trapping him? Because he's bit and he's yelling through the window. You're fine. You got bit. The other guys are secured. They're handcuffed, but you can't come out because you're infected. So he's pretty much telling you're fucked, but you got to stay mm-hmm. on the other side of the wall. And that is messed up because it's then... Why would he let him out, put him in a different room? Mm-hmm. Handcuff? They were handcuffed to the table and still attacked and ate their faces. So why is it okay for him to be stuck in the room? Obviously, their handcuffs don't hold because then he's attacked <laughs> at the door. You can see him all hitting the door and then yeah. he's fucked. So they take off down the hall. And this is where the building and how big it is, is because they're starting to run away. And they come up to an area with the pull down door like they do at the malls. So like that roll down garage door type thing. They pull it down so they can get on the other side of it. And I guess they're just all loose back there. All three of the people who have um, now been bitten and obviously infected with whatever the hell's going on. Good job. That's the part I paid attention to the most. So here it's going to go down the hill. (laughs) For real, because I totally was like, what the fuck? I was like really bothered by it because I hate it. No, I get it. When somebody, because here's the thing. They don't know. They don't know what's going on. So when they have ditched the three that are infected behind that pull down um, garage door the inspector is answering questions from the people and he says finally yes finally they're getting some information here they say that they have found a virus that spreads by saliva and for some reason it spreads faster through people based on blood type now i'm not sure if that was something 
because of the translation or whatever. He's giving information that they received a phone call from a vet clinic, that they had a dog who came in sick, that he fell into a coma, and that when he woke up, he became like just completely aggressive, rapid. Yeah, totally aggressive, started attacking all the other dogs. And that's when we remember the little girl was talking about a dog. And Mm -hmm. Somebody mentions it. I don't remember who. Was it a dog named Max? And they're like, dun, dun, dun. And they turn the (laughs) camera on the little girl. And she's standing there all like sickly looking. Mm. And she lunges at the mom and attacks her, bites her. She's bleeding. And she takes off. Just takes off. (laughs) And they start chasing after her, leaving the mom behind and holding her back because she's obviously been bitten and injured. And also she wants to run after the mother. I mean, her daughter too. Yes. She wants to get after her daughter, but they have to hold her back because they just heard this infection is being spread by saliva and she's bitten. So they go after the little girl. She goes running up the same hall, the same set of stairs, all up the stairs. And then they handcuff the poor mom to the fucking stairs just because they're like, okay, she's been bit. Okay, so the fireman who's been amazing up to this point. Manu Ginobili. Yes, Manu is going up the steps along with the camera crew because they got to follow and they got to catch everything. And and the cop, they go right back up the same stairs. And obviously, I think there's only really one place to go because I think they've established that where they had that elderly woman upstairs, they never secured that area. Everybody else was made to leave their apartment, so they're all closed. So it's one big, long set of steps up to that apartment. That's where they head, and that's where they find the little girl. And the little girl starts attacking them. The officer is pulling her away because obviously she's small enough to get off, but she's still biting the shit out of him. He's fucked. He's dead. And then out of nowhere, the elderly woman shows up again. Okay, so she's there to fuck them up some more. We got the fireman left and the camera crew. And I think the girl showed up again. Did she show up? Maybe. It's a lot going on Yeah, because it just proves that those two people were obviously not dead, okay? Manu is there to save the day. He fucks up the old lady. Um, (laughs) This is the only noble thing that cop does. He says, go. uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's fucked. I've been bitten. Get out of here. And he holds the little girl to him, except that's not really helpful. The only thing it's doing is just keeping her from biting anyone else. But at least that the fireman was able to knock down the old guy. And then as they're running away, that freaking girl that was there before we have no clue who the hell she is i even looked it up later and i really don't understand so she's there and he chokes her out yeah go to sleep her <laughs> legs are troubling go to sleep go to sleep and it was vicious <laughs> it was vicious man so obviously here's the fireman he's saving the day he's the true mm-hmm. hero he's saving these people that don't need to get saved and they all start running downstairs so angela camera guy fireman managed to get out but then everybody from downstairs starts to run up because the infected people from behind that screen have broken out. They make it down just in time. And this is when Angela does the only heroic thing she's going to do, which is she's trying to break free the mom who is handcuffed to the stairs as the infected are breaking through because she's obviously still alive. She's not dead. She's Mm -hmm. not even anything. She's just trapped and she's trying to break her free. But 
Manu is like, no, you're, you got to come with me. He's like pulling her away. And I was really sad because it's, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't, we don't really know that she was going to die, but of course she was going to no, die. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he did get her away in time. She does one good thing. And then they start running up the stairs as they start getting chased and they make it into another room. All right. So they've run into the safety of a random apartment. It's Angela, the camera guy, Pablo, the fireman are in the room and also the tenant with the accent he's in there and they're talking about what to do next. And Angela is just flipping her shit. She's just like, she's just losing it. Obviously this is just scariest environment, scariest environment. <laughs> so guy with an accent is saying that there is a way out that in Guillem, the guy earlier who got his face also eaten off the intern <laughs> in his apartment, there's a set of keys to another apartment up on the top floor and there's like a way to get out through the top of the building. Oh, so by the just- way, so Guillaume was not only a doctor, but he was also like, how, what do they call them? The people that help the landlord? Oh, the super. Department? I think that's the word. Yeah. So the super, because I think he mentioned some of the stuff that he did for the building. And he's mentioning the health inspector now. And they're like, where's the health inspector? And he goes, oh, he's in the other room. So they look over into another hallway, of course, because the hallways are long just to scare the shit out of us. <laughs> and the health inspector is sitting there. He's bleeding. He's, you guys got to go. I got bit. I'm infected. Stay away. I'm dead. And so they're like, okay. So they slammed the door shut on him so he can't get through. And that's when the accent guy decides, I'm going to stand conveniently up against this door where the health <laughs> inspector's behind me. Let's have a conversation about how we're going to get the fuck out of this building. Okay. But I'm going to keep my back on this door. I'm going to hold <laughs> it shut with this convenient opening. <laughs> and my and head against the glass. Head against the glass. That way I get eaten for sure. And the health inspector, of course, breaks through <laughs> and they're losing their shit because that health inspector is obviously infected. Rah, 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 he gets rah, rah. the guy with the accent. They're like, this is our plan. We're going to go fucking run down the hall. We're going <laughs> to get into Guillaume's apartment and we're going to get those keys and we're going to get the hell out of here. So they start running. And as they're running, everybody in the in the whole building is infected now. Yeah. So they're just infected people screaming and yelling and they're just running and Angela is just completely just lost it crying and just go at one point she screams that she thinks she got bitten I don't know when that happened but that part was funny because she never got bitten and the fireman is come on girl you just you're not bitten you're fine just fucking keep moving and (laughs) (laughs) so they're running like fucking chickens with their heads cut off so they're running they make it to uh, Guillaume's apartment and they slam the door shut behind them and as they're running around we noticed that he had two hospital beds in one of the rooms of his apartment yeah but they don't really talk about that (laughs) no no clue what the fuck's going on with that but anyway they do find the keys the uh manu is totally in his right mindset this is the dude who you take for the zombie apocalypse Mm -hmm. this is the dude who gets you through shit so he's the one who should just be slapping the shit out of everyone batman style (laughs) fucking slap shut the hell up let's move bam another slap coming from the left seriously i wish he was just slapping people left and right who are losing their minds because he's the only one who's kept his composure well actually pablo does too 
but I've called him useless this whole movie because he's just been holding the camera. Of course, yeah. we do. We need him holding that camera. Mm-hmm. We do. It's important, but he's also not helping anything. No. So it's basically the fireman, and and the cameraman has obviously kept his composure. He's the one telling Angela to be quiet, stay calm, and just following and just moving from one place to the next. But he's really not doing anything other than that. But Dalia and I did mention the fact that the shaky camera footage. I know a lot of people don't like that whole because it makes you sound footage or whatever but it adds to this movie it is it does physically making my stomach hurt like right now just thinking about the jumping up and down that unsettling in your stomach you might Mm -hmm. not be scared from of the movie it's pretty low budget as far as effects what they do in the movie is good they create the anxiety and that stress Exactly. And with that shaky camera, that in and out, it's really, and that Dahlia pointed out that there is uh, a spot probably for those people who have, what's that, flash warnings? Yeah, because it, it can trigger seizures. Yes. So the flashing of the lights from the outside coming in, the All shaky of it camera. Is just, yeah, it's giving you like this sick pit in your stomach you can feel that emptiness in there and it's really heightening up the anxiety Mm -hmm. the stress of what's going on in this movie so we're back to them they got their keys and they're ready to leave that apartment and they need to move up they head out and when they look down the stairs they see all of the tenants staring up at them with their freaking crazy eyes and (laughs) just screaming and roaring did they roar Yes, they sounded like animals, like literal animals. Okay, so everybody's roaring like animals. It's a zoo. And Manu is the one who's helping to fight these infected off. People are coming out of nowhere. He's attacking them. But at one point, they lose him. They lose yeah. him. Manu is gone. He didn't make it. I'm pissed. Yes, I'm so pissed. I'm like, this dude, the one dude who could do anything, he's gone. He gets left because he's saving these people so they can get the hell out of this apartment complex. They're running and they make it to the top floor where that empty apartment is. And they manage to get in there, lock the door behind them, and it's pitch black. It's pitch black. Guess who's freaking out? Camera guy, Pablo, he's got his camera. He's like, shh, I'm going to turn my light on. So he turns his camera light on. He's trying to calm her down. And now they're in this apartment. They're in this apartment and it's abandoned, obviously. There's obviously no electricity. The camera light is just panning around to this disgusting, just, it's not even a hoarder situation. It's just like a disgusting living situation. Dirty everything. There's syringes. There's newspaper clippings and pictures all over the wall. That's when on her bearings and she's reading along the walls as Pablo is panning the camera light so that they can see everything that's up there. And there's newspaper articles about a girl who is possessed and she's been taken into custody by the church, I think. Yeah, so that they can perform. It's like Vatican all over the place. Yes, yeah, Vatican. That they've taken her into custody so that they could perform an exorcism to see what's wrong with her. And we're guessing that this is the father, not the father or dad, (laughs) the father, the priest apartment. So we're getting a little bit more information here now. (laughs) So obviously, by reading everything on there, and they find a conveniently placed uh, tape, they start playing it. And it says that they have that he has this girl and he's performing experiments on her to try to get fuckers. 
Yeah, <laughs> to get this out of her. He says it's a virus. He thinks it's a virus, like a flu. He thinks he can cure her. But in trying to cure her of this virus, he made it contagious. Mm-hmm. And we can also guess by the clippings and what he's saying on the video or on the tape recorder that he's abducted other children to experiment on them. I don't know sure. if these other kids were possessed like this original girl was thought to be, but he's definitely taken some kids and they're looking around. And at one point, the attic door just climbs down and open and scares the shit out of us. And of course, Pablo is going to peek up there. And I'm like, for the love of everything holy, do not look up in that attic. <laughs> and of course, he's not scared of shit. Like up to this point, he's just running and telling everybody to shut up and let's go. So obviously he's real brave. He sticks his head up there with the camera so he can see what's there. And I think it's a boy lunges at the camera, like a little boy lunges at the camera, snarling and just looking really sick. And so they jump back down, but he's obviously chained up. He didn't follow them, but they can hear more noise from the apartment. And I think that's when Pablo says he's going to turn out his light and switch to night vision. So they're standing in there and he's holding her close or she's holding him close. Who knows? But she's staying with him as he's panning around so that you can see what it is with the night vision. Now, it really was a night vision camera and they really were in pitch black, the actors. So <laughs> that's like the real feeling of them. And they, that stuck. adds for them. Yeah. Yes. I, I am terrified of the dark. I am like a grown ass woman who <laughs> cannot be in the dark at all. I could, I would sleep with the light on if I could. So one of my biggest fears is the pitch dark. And I don't even think I've ever been in like pitch dark. I just, I, it just terrifies me to be in the dark like that. So you can hear the noise from around them and she's and you can hear them breathing he's telling her to be quiet why is she breathing so fucking loud hold your breath loud man (laughs) hold your freaking breath woman yes and then you can see this i think she looks very tall emaciated uh lanky woman just moving about real slow and creepy in the dark i don't know what she's looking for but she does get herself a hammer, okay? It's pitch black. But I, I'm thinking that she can actually see a little bit. Maybe her eyes have adjusted Ooh, to being in the dark. Oh, yeah. There you because go. Because she's not really bumping into anything. She's looking for something. And I think that's how she comes upon the hammer. So she's getting closer to them. And they're trying to slowly move backward and not make any noise. But of course, they make some fucking noise. And then she starts <laughs> clobbering fucking Bablo with the hammer. He gets knocked down and the camera goes flying and Angela is down on the ground and you can hear you can hear him getting clobbered and him screaming because he's Mm. getting like the shit beat out of him or to death with this hammer and she finds the camera she manages to pick it up and see Pablo's on the ground or she can see her because she can see the lady just smashing her smashing with the hammer and she's trying to back away obviously and get the hell out of there quietly but then she gets knocked down to the ground. So she's just laying on the ground. And then that's But she gets up again. <laughs> she got up again? Oh, the song. Damn it. <laughs> so, no, she doesn't get back up again because she falls on the ground and the camera is facing her. So you can see her in the night vision as she's like crying and trying to slowly move. But then she gets dragged away. 
and that's mm-hmm. the end. That's the, the end. end. And yes, they all live happily ever after. <laughs> okay, so there you go. I guess everybody fucking died. And <laughs> I wouldn't have died, though, because I told Dahlia from the very beginning, mm-hmm. what was I going to do? I was going to go get into one yep. of those apartments and fucking shut the door behind me, lock it and barricade it with every piece of furniture that is in that apartment. Because those well, were I- some solid doors. The only time they were getting yes. fucked up is when the doors were open. Yeah, they had very solid doors. And I was just like, just put all the furniture, put all the furniture. And who knows what's going on outside, but hopefully it was just contained to the building we'll or see. maybe the dogs. No, the dogs attacked other dogs. I was thinking of the dog. Oh, the doggies. The doggy was fine. Dali looked it up on what happened. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He wasn't doing- <laughs> so that was an awesome movie. And when it's in Spanish. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely better watch it in Spanish. Read the captions. Uh, It's the action that's most important. But I think it's just the mood is lost when you're watching somebody who's not feeling that in the moment. We're talking about, I know it's actors and everything. But but the dub, the voices, yeah. It's just like they're not there. It's off-putting, but yeah. What do you have for us this week in our real world connection, Dalia? So our real world connection this week is actually a personal story. And I did warn Alma ahead of time about this so that if she wants to put herself on mute or whatever. But I wanted to talk about how, like in this movie, the firefighters, uh, the fire station went out to help on a call that was not a fire. That's not all they do. They go out and they help people in distress. They go out to car accidents. They go out to rescue people. And in our case, my story, I'm not going to linger on it because I already, I told Alma, I'm going to, I'm going to make it short and sweet, but I did want to, I did want to tell this story was, is about our mother. So a couple of years ago, our mother died in a car crash and obviously very unexpected. She was traveling with her two sisters and it was her two sisters, my mother, and then my mom's three dogs. (laughs) And when she got in the accident, she died on the scene and It was firefighters that came to the accident scene to help get my two, my two tias, my two aunts, whatever, um, out of there. And so they came on the scene to help rescue them because they were in really in bad shape. My mother had passed away already. And it was really interesting because so one of the dogs passed away with my mom. And it was actually like her favorite dog. <laughs> so we, we say, oh, they, they went together. But they very sweetly buried him by the side of the road. And this is the firefighters. They buried him on the side of the road and they marked it with his little, his collar. And then the two dogs, they still had two dogs and we, they weren't going to just leave him there. The, my my mom's sisters were being taken to the hospital because obviously they were in critical condition. So one of the firefighters took the two dogs with him home. Like he took the dogs home. He could have just he could have left it to somebody else. He could have taken he could have taken them straight to the vet. No, he took them home. And he fed them and he kept them for the night and he cared for them. And then the next morning, he took the dogs to his personal vet, to his personal veterinarian. And then the vet 
I ended up talking to her and she, they kept the dogs there. She was keeping the dogs there for free. They kept the dogs there for free and they cared for them. But the firefighter kept calling in and kept going to make sure that the dogs were okay. So I just, oh, I just thought of, I remember when it happened, there was a lot going on and we were trying to make all these arrangements and everything, but it was those little things that kind of, that gave me hope. She loved those dogs and to see how they cared for them, the, these firefighters cared for her dogs afterwards. I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it was something that meant a lot to me. I know it meant a lot to my siblings. And so I said I was going to keep it short and sweet, so I'm, I'm going to end it there. But I just want to say a shout out <laughs> to Ardmore, Oklahoma Fire Department, because they are the ones that were on scene when my mom passed. They were the ones that helped my her two sisters. They were the ones that took care of my mom's dogs. And I will forever be grateful for that compassion that they extended towards our family because, again, it's the little things that aren't little things. So Ardmore, Oklahoma, y'all have some great firefighters out there. I think that's a really great story. It's a sweet story. And I love that role connection. I was talking to my son's girlfriend yesterday and she was saying that she loves when we get to the end of our episode and she says, I wonder what the role connection is. <laughs> and I thought she like this one. It is a sweet story. Aww. It is. I know sometimes I may seem a little silly, but I like to relate things to other things. So <laughs> that's what I always do. It's just the way, my, yeah. the way my brain works. And I'm glad that she's enjoying them. All right, Alma, if people want to give us a movie suggestion or tell me what a great job I'm doing and tell me what a horrible job you're doing and hey, all that hey. jazz, how do they get a hold of us? All right, you can email us at nightmaremoviepodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram handle is at nightmaremoviepodcast. And our website is nightmaremoviepodcast.com. Or you can tweet us at nightmare on fifth with the number five. All right. Thank you, Alma. And thank you, everybody, for joining us again on another great episode. It was fabulous. What? Like top 10? <laughs> Yeah, we haven't even recorded. Just <laughs> <laughs> definitely top 10, man. Definitely top 10. All right, everybody. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, remember to head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and let us know what horror movie you would like us to discuss. Thank you for listening.